Flex and Frooms on Kada. Hello, my lovelies. I hope you're strapped in. I hope you're in a good mood. I hope that. Strap. (laughs) (laughs) Literally get the strap on because we're going to be talking about climate change. Don't leave. Do not leave because we have opinions. I have been told plenty of time that I can make historically boring things sound interesting. And I think that is true. This was a very interesting layered discussion about all the issues, not with climate change as a concept, (laughs) a concept. We can agree that it's Climate change as a conspiracy. No, just with the conversation around it, hyper individualized versus community efforts about, you know, making the world a better place. Are we too far gone? Were we always going to zoot into oblivion anyway? Does it matter if we get there 3,000 years early? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the operative word in this is that it is hypotheticals and I think it's a broader discussion about, yeah, individuality versus community mm-hmm. and whether or not you need individuality for community to work. Yeah, individual effort, yes, no, pray tell. It's going to be a juicy one and, look, it's a couple minutes. We can't get to the bottom of the... What's the, is it the bottom of an iceberg? There's a tip. What's the other side? Uh, The bottom of the ocean. Maybe. Yeah. Look, we just can't delve into every possible concept and theory and idea. And most importantly for me, I don't like answers. I just like ideas. I want an answer. I want to not die in three years. That's my reason for living. Yeah, but if you really wanted to not die in three years, you'd be joining mine. I can't get into this. I can't get into it. It's it's a great episode. I promise. Okay, okay. This is Flex and Frooms on Cater. I want to tell you a little tiny story. So if you can just close your eyes and open your ears, Mm -hmm. this is a story about a man and a woman, which Look, all my stories are about that. I see you rolling your eyes. Again, during Pride Month. It has to stop. (laughs) It has to stop. Okay. So the title of this one is Made a Really Bizarre Rule at the Start of a Relationship and Now Regretting It. Let's get into it. You know when you pretend you're like chill? (laughs) (laughs) We have all Never do that. (laughs) That goes into your dating. uh, Exactly. Start with high maintenance. Pretend you're just this tyrannical freak. And then, like, when they find out you're just, like, an an averagely high-maintenance person, it's chill. Pull it back. It's easy. So here we go. My name's Amy. I'm a female, 23. Okay, too many details. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to give her a name. Are we the 23-year-old Amy, let's go. 23-year-old Amy, she has been dating her boyfriend for 3.5 years, her words. At the start of the relationship, we both liked each other but weren't head over heels for one another, due to which we made our relationship somewhat open. The relationship at the time wasn't serious and honestly, we both thought it wouldn't last but we'd give it a shot. One rule we decided on was that if we slept with somebody else, that the other partner would get a free pass to sleep around that amount of time. We made this rule so that we could try our best to see if this relationship works or not. In a few months, I developed major feelings for him, as one does, and the same goes for him. We never officially killed the rule. Today at dinner time, I jokingly told my boyfriend how dumb we were at the start of the relationship to make such a stupid rule. I saw him going from normal to extremely frazzled within seconds. He told me that he thought we were still in an open relationship and that I had 16 free passes. (laughs) 
<laughs> According to him, he did nothing wrong since we didn't decide otherwise. He said, I've been, I've been racking them up for you. <laughs> for us. Literally. <laughs> I think he cheated since we were in a committed Ooh. relationship a few months in. I feel sick to my stomach right now thinking of what he has done. He's saying that he loves me and wants his relationship to work and that I can use my passes and then we can close the relationship back up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to sleep with randos, but I also want this relationship, but I'm also disgusted by my boyfriend. What should I do? Does it count as cheating? I love Amy. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm grossed out. What a feral beast, but also I love him. That's my man. I'm going to stick beside him. <laughs> she wants to know, is this cheating? And am I okay to be disgusted? Because she's in a position, we've all been there. She doesn't leave me out of it. <laughs> No, 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 no. If you've been there, say so. (laughs) I haven't actually been there either. I'm just trying to relate. Okay, got it. Some people have been there where they find out that a partner's cheating. They are disgusted in them. Absolutely foul. But they still love them. And it puts you really between a rock and a hard place. So do you think, was he cheating? No. It's miscommunication. (laughs) This is a pretty diabolical miscommunication. What? talking about for three and a half years we just didn't bring it back up like things just don't peter out I mean you entered the relationship with a very specific dynamic right I feel like that would have been a couple of chats being like let's just be openish and then you were just you continued being open with an extra layer of intimacy that maybe made Amy think that they were monogamous which makes a lot of sense is it cheating I don't think so but it all goes back to if if she feels it's cheating, it's cheating. But I'm sure he could justify his way out of it to be like, no, 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 because you said we were open. So if you if it changed, why didn't you tell me? I feel like right now she just got to have a conversation about like, so can we be close? Like, do you want to just be with just me? But also, I think for me personally, I'm trying to imagine what I would do. I don't know if I could come back from that. Mm. It's not just the cheating. It's being on completely different pages. Mm. She's out here being like, me and my number one monogamous man, I like you. It's just us together. And he's like, that's my Amy. We date, but I'm dating Jesse <laughs> and Becky and Sheila. And I love them. (laughs) That's hectic. I would just have too many questions Mm. and answers I don't want the answers to. I just say dump him because (laughs) if there was nothing, like the whole reason why open relationships exist is for that reason. They are open, open channels of communication, open, open channels of rooting. But they're 20. What do you mean? They were 20 when they had this chat. 23. They're 23 now. Oh. They've been dating for three and a half years. I don't think you should be able to use your age as an excuse. I think she's got to dump him. This is Flex and Frooms on Cater. I do not trust people who get on the internet, especially TikTok, and have all these pipe dreams about how to make money. Like people's one purpose is like, hey, did you guys know that if you do this, you can make money? What is your, your end game? <laughs> yeah. I don't trust it. Anyway, so do you know, did you ever watch Teen Mums when you were in high school? Yes, Farrah Adams. Abrams. Abrams, yeah. But close. Hmm. So she was the OG teen mum and that would have been 
almost 15 years ago, if not maybe about 10. And she's been doing a lot of work to keep herself relevant. She is pretty much always in the tabloids, the press for doing something inane, but this time she might've taken a bit too far. So Mm -hmm. she uploaded a a story or a TikTok or something video-esque to social media where she's sitting, uh, she's standing in the bathroom and she is alluding to essentially jarring up a vial of her feces to sell online. And so people were like, okay, this is a bit far. And she was just like, you know what? In social media, you have to do what you need to do to like stay (laughs) relevant. And, you know, starting conversations is really important and blah, 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 blah. Like, you don't know what market I have for this. Don't judge me. And it was like a one minute video clip of her being like, so she's kind of like turning her bum towards the camera, wearing pants, obviously, and just kind of gesturing to putting a vial behind her and like sitting on it and being like, afterwards, I'm going to, you know, put the lid on and I'm going to sell it and whatever. Turns out, though, it was all an elaborate ruse because her and her daughter have come out with poo slime. Oh, genius. That's great. I think that's genius. So it's, I can show you here. It looks like it's kind of like in a maple syrup type of bottle. um, That's like bubbly, like the poop emoji. And it says poop by Farrah Abram, poopy slime. I don't know what it's meant to smell like. I don't know what it's meant to be like. I don't know how well it squirts. I just know that it's a brown colored slime. I don't know if she'll make any money from it. People love slime. There are slime millionaires. So I have no doubt that there is some kind of market for it. And she's probably peddling it to her daughter's fan base as well. Genius. Has her daughter, how old's her daughter? She looks like a 10. She looks like a child. I hope but she's getting a bit of a cut. From mm, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> All that slime, slime chat. But again, there seems to be a very distinct theme with all the ways I'm finding that you can become a millionaire in 2022. And I don't know if it's like the Bader-Meinhof effect where because I've opened the floodgates with making money through selling your bodily fluids, now they just find me Mm. because we've done tears, tears, farts, bath water, bath water, poo. What's next? What is next? I don't want to talk about it on air. Ooh, but something else. (laughs) (laughs) So the market is is fair and wide. And I just think that if you're trying to sell T-shirts in 2022, you need to stop. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) You need to try harder. (laughs) You're listening to Flex and Frooms on Cater. Okay, so me, Flex, part-time conspiracy theorists, but not in the tinfoil hat way, in the I just like talking about concepts. I don't really care to believe them the whole way. Hmm. Like I'm not joining any conspiracy theorist groups or doing rallies or like trying to make things make sense. But one that I don't talk about enough is predictive programming. You across it? No. Okay, so it's a theory that claims that the government or like the elites uh, (laughs) are using fictional movies or fictional books as a mass mind control tool to kind of plant ideas about the future. So when it happens, they're really used to it. So you might have noticed around 2012, there was that conspiracy theory that the Mayan calendar said the world was going to end and there were all these apocalypse movies. There was 
contagion that prepared everyone for this idea of a mass pandemic. But still we didn't learn. Yeah. <laughs> so we were like, what was that one thing they said? <laughs> the mask? The ma- anyway, you'll also notice that when movies do get released or when popular, when books become popular, there are certain themes just keep cropping up. Like, you know, we had a couple of years ago, Bird Box, A Quiet Place, these monsters that hunted with sound. What is that about? You just all have these ideas at the same time. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> Did you watch on Netflix this movie called Don't Look Up? And it was yes. all over the homepage. Had Leonardo DiCaprio. Jennifer Your Lawrence. fave, Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. Don't Look Up is about these two, like, average Joe, low-level astronomers who realise that there's this huge comet that's going to approach, the, like, it's approaching Earth and it's going to destroy things. Like, cataclysmic event, the world is going to end, apocalyptic vibes. And so they start freaking out. Like, we got to go tell someone. And so the whole movie is about them first going to the president to be like, hey, there's a meteor coming. And they're like, okay, shush, that's like very bad vibes. Don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like not really the It's not really a good time for that. And so they go on this like media tour trying to get people to listen to them. And what ends up happening is that every time they're on a talk show or speaking about what's going on, People think they are just this lunatic, like hysterical bunch of people who are trying to fear monger and nobody listens and plot twist, the media hits and everybody dies. Yeah. Sorry if you I actually missed that part of the film. So people, everybody dies in the end. Yeah. So everybody watches that. We're like, oh, that's really sad. Let's turn that off. Let's not do that. But I don't know if you've noticed, but for the past, I don't know, six months or so, so many climate change activists have been doing really hectic things to try and get our attention about like the current state of the world. You had the people who recently in April parked their truck on the Harbour Bridge to block traffic because once you block traffic, it's all over the news to talk about like the climate emergency. I miss that. See? Mm. Then recently at the French Open, there was this woman who tied herself to the nets, like the poles of the nets, wearing a shirt that said, we have 1,028 days left and we need to do something drastically. Now, I don't want to fear manga, okay? I'm also just here for laughs and gags. However, I do think it's my civic duty amplify this message that the world is ending. (laughs) No, but it's actually quite spooky. The exact format of the movie is what's happening right now and has been happening since and people are not paying attention. You know what? I watched that movie and it wasn't fear-mongering at all because that's literally what's happening. But I think that's the point. I think it comes across as fear-mongering because people will then say, well, for years, like Nostradamus said the world was going to end and it didn't. And -and so-and-so said the world was going to end and it didn't. And, well, how do you know climate change is real? Maybe, like, this is just what happens. We've never been alive in this time before. Maybe this is always what it was going to be like in 2022 and we're just freaking each other out for some mass agenda that nobody knows about or is sure about but the elites and, like, the What would they get out of that, though? I'm not sure. And I don't doubt, you know, there are tons of cooked things that are happening. And I don't think that we operate in the right circles to understand the benefit of any of these things that happen. Mm. I'm not sure these conversations are meant to have like a very clear cause and effect. I literally think that Australians now 
especially considering how many people voted for the Greens, mm-hmm. are taking it seriously. And I think it's really important to understand there has been conversations about climate change since the year 2000 in terms of in pop culture. Yeah, weren't we in primary school? They're like, we're in a drought, drought and we should have that. water this time of the year. We had Finding Nemo, which was all about the yes. pollution in the ocean. Like, that's the year 2000. So mm-hmm. you and I have grown up with that. We've grown up with plastic in the ocean, like picking up plastic off the beach, the drought, then the rains, the fires. Sounds like the Book of Revelation. <laughs> it does. I think that we have always been too far gone for the amount of self-sacrifice everybody would need to do for things to change. I have no doubt the big dogs and the six richest corporations in the world were like, okay, we totally get it, but if we make these adjustments that we don't have money, Mm. do you see the issue? And so they're probably like, okay, well, let's say we take the brunt, right? Because I'm sure the, the six largest corporations are like, personalizing it well fine we'll take the brunt but then if we have to take the brunt what about everybody else who else is pulling the weight if we only have a finite amount of time left i want to enjoy you really think that's what i think so the way that people justify the habits that they have that contribute to the climate emergency they like compare and contrast well well i don't shop fast fashion so like it's fine that i drive my car five minutes down the road and it's fine that i use uber eats for every meal and it's fine that i still use straws because i don't do this one thing and that's just on an individual level you have almost eight billion individuals making these micro justifications for behavior i'm sure the individuals that run corporations can do the same thing and say well hey like wherever you're doing this one thing but them them over there they're fucking up the oceans Mm -hmm. all right we're just fucking up the sky (laughs) you know what i'm saying or like we're just fucking up one continent they're fucking up seven yeah you know so you make these adjustments and i think the fundamental issue is as much as everybody accepts responsibility, I don't think anybody wants to take accountability for it. So they're all like, it is my fault, but like me personally, I don't want to do anything about it. And I I remember reading this one um, theory or justification that was like, this us, the human race, has to end at some point. Just like we had the Ice Age, just like we had all those other ages where shit existed and now it doesn't, our time is bound to come, right? So people kind of have this thought of like, maybe we're just rushing ourselves there a little bit. Maybe we're just like not <laughs> not taking the chill road. We're like foot on the gas, cranking it into oblivion, but it's going to happen anyway. So what is there to do? Overpopulation is obviously the thing that's driving it. I think we can all agree on that because the more people do more things like um, what's it called? Goodness of living, standard quality of life, life, Mm -hmm. growing more. That means more food, more this, more that. So, yeah, maybe maybe I hadn't thought about it that way that we're going to be cranky into oblivion regardless. Yes. However, I would be cautious sharing that because I think that's the kind of um, rhetoric that people who've denied climate change use. Flex and firms. People are always saying like, don't pop pimples because they'll scar. We get that. What's wrong with scars, right? They're battle wounds. (laughs) It shows you've been through something. But apparently there is a section on your face that if you pop pimples and they get infected, it can become lethal. As in you could... (gasps) 
Listen to this. Okay, so she's referring to this part of your face called the triangle of death or the death triangle. And we give it that name because if you have a skin infection here, it can spread pretty quickly to your brain and cause some really bad symptoms like a stroke. That's because in this area of the face, there's a collection of blood vessels that can spread infection pretty quickly to the brain. Thankfully, getting a really bad infection is pretty rare, but you may want to think twice before you pop a pimple in this area. Do you know what I hate? Fear-mongering. Yes. Uh, it's every day. Don't do this because of this. Don't do this because of this. It's really unsafe. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. So why do pimples show up in those areas? <laughs> they have a death wish. <laughs> exactly. You know what I think? How bad would you feel though? It's like, I'm going to bring it back up. Almost drowning in Bali. You did. You don't think you're going to be the one. It's it wouldn't like- be me though. <laughs> <laughs> it really wouldn't be me. <laughs> I'm not swimming in... Any kind of rogue open water, number one. If it wasn't the rip, it would have been some miscellaneous creature. I don't even know if this is real or if it's just in a movie. But have you heard about the Megalodon? I don't... It's is like, it a mega squid? No, it's like that huge shark or something. Honestly, I can't tell you if this is real or... Like, I thought dragons were real the other day. I, like, I'm not the one. But something happened where they... The scientists um, went too far down beneath the ocean floor. They thought they reached the bottom, but it was just like this gaseous layer. So they penetrated it and then let out all these like spooky creatures. What? Literally. We're going to have to Google that. It was in a movie, but I feel like all movies oh. are like based on true life. It's like, when did this happen? Jason Statham, he did it. Uh. <laughs> he saved us. <laughs> You've been listening to the Flex and Frooms Catch Up Podcast. For more, tune in to Cater on DAB or check it out right here on iHeartRadio.